Rev, good afternoon. How are we doing today? Great, Ryan. How are you? Thank you for having me on here today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're excited to talk to you and, and learn a little bit about your background. Uh, I'm Ryan Huffman, Strategic Partnerships Vice President with Kuzi Companies, and this is uh, another episode of Innovations and Integrations. Uh, Rev, you're, you're kind of a legend in the industry, and you're growing a following. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, oh, wow. I, had the, I had the pleasure of hanging out with you and, and having a few cocktails with you at the beginning of the summer at uh, Industry Now and, and listening to your perspective on a lot of things. But tell me a little bit about um, you know, your, your restaurant background and then kind of what you're doing these days. Sure. So restaurant background has a couple of twists and turns in it, but um, I was in the music business for a very long time. And one day decided that I don't like working with musicians because they're difficult. Uh, they don't answer questions. <clears throat> they have an artist mindset. And although they're beautiful people, they're difficult to work with. And I said, you know what? I'm done working with musicians. I'm going to go be in the restaurant business. I love food. I love restaurants. I love dining out. And I quickly learned that chefs and restaurant operators aren't all that different. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but anyway, I, uh, <clears throat> I opened a bar in New York City in 2010 with a couple of buddies. Uh, you know, we had a restaurant in it, but it was primarily a bar. Um, we owned that business for about six years. And when we sold it for a, a massive loss, and I really do mean a massive loss, it's 2022 as we're recording this and we still owe some of the debt. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad partnership, but we don't need to get into it. But the beauty of that is, you know, sort of the Phoenix from the fire story is, you know, when we closed that bar, you know, people called me and said, dude, how, like, what happened? Like you guys had a 4.7 on Yelp, you know, you had 15,000 people in your database, you know, your Facebook page had thousands of followers. Uh, you know, you guys were packed all the time. You, you know, the, the top of every best of list, like on paper, we look like, you know, the most amazing business on the planet. <clears throat> and when I run into people that's still like, oh, you still an idle hands bar? They're like, oh my God, there's the coolest bar ever. Like we're humbled, but right. we just didn't know what we were doing. And we had right. some bad partners and, and whatever. But anyway, so as people started to call me that, I realized something really important. Oh, I had developed a skill that other people didn't have, which was, I'm good at building the brand of a, a hospitality business and I'm good at building customer engagement and I'm good at events and marketing and guest acquisition or attention. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, through that, I was like, you know, other restaurants and bars are like, can you help me? I was like, well, yeah. And so I just took a lot of the principles that I learned in running the music agency and helping to build bands careers, you know, go from like, you know, from a demo tape to hundreds of thousands of records. Like I just used the same principles and, you know, that was really, really attractive to me uh, is I love restaurants. I love dining out. I love the the plight of the restaurant operator. Like I love restaurateurs. Like I just love the whole thing. And so I took all that knowledge and applied it. <clears throat> Flash forward to now. I'm sorry, man. No worries. All better now. Flash forward to now. Me and some buddies last year opened a quick serve hamburger restaurant here in New York City. And so I'm getting a second kick at the can. Uh, way smarter, way more equipped. Uh, you know, way more things at my, you know, a lot more network out there, a lot more, uh, you know, tools at my fingertips. And it's a very different, very different scenario. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And, and I, I can see the parallels in, uh, between the music industry and, and the restaurant industry for sure. Um, you have those egos that uh, come into play sometimes and people grow <laughs> too fast or, you know, don't have the patience to, to weather the storm. That's, uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, so my, music, also... my music, I'm still friends with some of the music business people. <laughs> And we, you know, we get together from time to time. They're like, oh, how's the food business? I was like, well, you can't download a cheeseburger. So we got that going right. for us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. 
So um, talk to me a little bit when you're, you're working with, um, you know, and within your own brand and the burger joint you're working at, and then some of the people you're consulting for, you know, what kind of stuff are they asking you to help them overcome? What kind of challenges? Sure. So let, let's give the audience a quick segue there. So uh, beginning of 2020, I was the chief marketing officer for a software company that helped restaurants to manage their menus <clears throat> online. And they got bought by TripAdvisor. And so we were in this period where they're trying to figure out, like, how to assimilate the two companies. A anyway, TripAdvisor being a global travel organization into a global pandemic was just bleeding money because nobody was traveling. So they ended up just cutting tons and tons and tons of staff. And I was like, okay, well, then I'll go be a consultant until this pandemic thing washes away. And I think, you know, February 2020, we're like, what, 60 days this will be done with? Uh, I was like, I'll take my severance package. I'll be a consultant. I'll go get a job after this. Well, the the con obviously, I guess we're still kind of in the pandemic. I'm not really quite sure what the, the take right. on that is. But anyway, yeah. <clears throat> I had my mask on on a bus this morning. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I started this consulting company and the consulting company kind of blew up. <laughs> to the point where, like, I will not be going back to a corporate job anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing exactly what I want. I have two two types of clients, the majority of which are uh, either large independent restaurant operators or growing multi-unit brands. Uh, and I help them with really two things. I help them to make technology decisions. So what technology should I be bringing in to either, you know, increase revenue, make a better guest experience, automate my kitchen? Like, what, what tech do I need? It's a lot of tech mm -hmm. out there. And then the majority of what I'm doing for those restaurants is I'm helping them to create um, scalable and measurable guest acquisition and retention programs. And so how do I make more money? That's, yeah. so that's, that's what I do. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I recently uh, talked with a very large uh, operator uh, at FS Tech, and they were talking about how they approach uh, technology specifically. And they said, hey, there's two, and it's, it's similar to what you are. I think there is some overlap. But they were saying, hey, we think technology is, A, how do we make the job easier and more functional, the automation in the back of the house to create you know, better workflows and do that? And then they separate it to how do they improve that customer experience to make sure they're coming back? And they said, we try to keep them completely separate. And I, I, there is an overlap there. Um, so give me your perspective on that. What do you think about the, the guest-facing technology versus the back of the house technology? And, and what's your perception on that? Well... <clears throat> All, all technology should help you work smarter and faster, right? And if the if the technology is aimed at towards the guest experience, it should enhance the guest experience. It should either make it easier, make it better, you know, make it more a better experience. Like it should it should it should be an extension of the brand. You know what I mean? Like whatever's cool and great and unique about your right. concept, the technology should help enhance that piece of it. Right. I'll give you a really simple example. Why do I have a five guys app on my phone? Because I don't want to wait in line. Right. <laughs> I want to walk in and I got a six year old and like I got to get him fed quickly. And so I'm happy to download that app and order. But when I'm in the five guys app, it feels like a five guys experience and it adds to my five guys experience. It yeah. makes it easier and more pleasurable for me to have a five guys experience if I can walk in the door and there's my bag. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah that's a so, good example. <clears throat> so I think if it's guest facing, again, it has to enhance the experience. Okay. Yeah. If, if it's not guest facing, if it's back of house or whatever you want to call it, front of house, I look at it then it has to make somebody's job easier, right? Primarily that's probably an employee rather than an owner or an executive. Uh, but you know, if you're, 
if your KDS screen is really clunky and makes it hard to clear orders, that's a bad KDS screen. You know right. what I mean? Or, you know, everybody's talking, I mean, I was at FS Tech as well. Everybody's talking about automation. Well, yeah, I want a pizza robot because if if I'm paying somebody whatever an hour to like sauce, 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 there is something way more high value that person can be doing yep. that a robot can't do. And I'd much rather, pay, you know, rather buy a robot to evenly apply sauce to a pizza yeah. and then teach an employee how to have better guest relations. You know what I yeah. mean? So you know, that's how I kind of see it is tech should be helping somebody, whether it's a guest or an employee. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about the automation um, at, at FS Tech and when we're working with a lot of different uh, tech companies. And like you say, we do the deployment where the boots on the grounds to help, you know, get everything out in front of the restaurants or retailers or it happens to be. And the automation is such a big thing. The big thing that we saw, we noticed is uh, the automation in the drive-through uh, with the voiceover technology and the, the cameras. And they're, you know, they're, do, they're taking different inputs in and they're digesting it. And just like you said, you know, maybe they're upselling a burger and adding bacon to it or whatever. Give me a little bit about your perspective on how AI is in fact affecting the, uh, the restaurant. Well, you know, I had a great conversation with a company today that like this, that's their thing is AI. And it's like, well, you know, I think we are, you know, many people know like the money ball and the Billy Bean story. Like he literally looked at the data and he used the data to make informed decisions. Right. And he, he literally like changed the game. Right? right. Well, you know, I think AI and machine learning were, you know, in the restaurant business, like we've been doing like hunch marketing, you know, and, and hunt. We've been using hunches to make lots of decisions for years, you know, and like a real simple example would be like we put out an LTO. Did it sell a lot? Yes. Right. Great. Let's do it again. Well, right. But what did it do? Did it bring a new guest? Did it bring an old guest? You know, did it increase AOV? Did it increase frequency? Like, did it increase a day part? Like that, that kind of data, knowing those kinds of things helps you make an even better decision. And again, I'm using simple examples, right. but I see like machine learning and AI is helping me to make a better decision. Right. Yeah. Company I talked to today did something really interesting. So they can plug into your, into your camera or they can plug into microphones in the room and they can monitor your team. Okay. Oh, wow. And so, you know, let's say it's, it's Ryan's job. He's working, it's a QSR and Ryan should be asking, would you like fries with that on every, um, on every order? Again, I'm using simple examples. Yeah. Right. And let's say that Ryan does that 75% of the time. Ryan's a pretty good employee. Right. Right. But we would love it if you did it a hundred percent of the time. Right. But I, as your manager can't stand over you be like, you forgot that one. You forgot that one. You forgot that right. one. You forgot that one. Yeah. But if I get a report as your manager or even the store owner that says, Hey, three out of four times, Ryan's great about suggesting fries, but that fourth time he doesn't, I have the ability to go, yo, Ryan, man, you're doing a great job. We love you here. You know, three out of four times. Just, can you make sure you nail that fourth time? Yep. I now have data and intelligence that tells me exactly what I can do to help you improve. That's awesome. I'm not guessing at right. what Ryan's improvement what, uh, needs to be. I'm being told. And yeah. so like, that's a great example of how machine learning or AI can help the business is like, be the eyes and ears for me and analyze the things that like, I'm not seeing. Cause I got 10 other things I'm doing. Yeah. And then that's something, um, you know, that, that resonates with us. I mean, perfectly. And, and people don't realize that they think that it's, you know, replacing someone's job and it's not enhancing their job or enhancing their productivity. Um, so to me, it's always like, it's creating more habits that you want them to create. And, you know, whether it's hand washing and using technology for that or whatever it happens to be, 
in the restaurant space. That, that's pretty uh, telling. So that's a great example. Um, <clears throat> I, I got the chance to hear you talk about this uh, at Industry Now at the beginning of summer. Talk to me a little bit about what you think is the most uh, vital piece of restaurant equipment in the restaurant space technology-wise. That is a very broad question. Thank you for asking it. Um, I'm going to talk about something that's marketing and guest facing. That's my that's my field. My field is marketing. Um, you know, I think for way too long, restaurants have seen the center of their tech stack as the point of sale. Okay, and it totally makes sense why. We took a brick and mortar business where people walked in and handed us cash, where now everybody has a credit card and we we needed a way to take that credit card. We needed a way to take that payment. And by the way, this is how the restaurant business in general kind of solves problems. They wait till it becomes a problem. And then like, what's the quickest way? And it's totally fine. It's just how the business is. I think we're evolving, but like that's how the POS became the center of our tech stack because we needed to take a credit card, okay? And now people are making decisions based on what is my POS? There's this other thing I want to do. And again, that makes sense. It's sort of the heart of the business. It, it's, it's expensive. It's hard to replace. It, it, you know, it's tied to cash. Like, I get that. Yeah. But if so, when somebody calls me now and, you know, as a consultant and says, hey, Rev, I'm looking about redoing my tech stack, which point of sale system should I be looking at? I usually turn around and go, well, what's more important to you? how you manage your guests or how you manage transactions. And right. if they say transactions, then I'll go through, okay, well, here's how I evaluate POS. You know, what's your service model? What's your average order value? How many terminals do you need? How many, whatever, that kind of stuff, right? But if they go, well, really the guest reactions or the you know, guest interaction, because to me, that's more important. Like I could take your credit card with a square swipe. I don't care, but if you, there's no right. guests, you know, and if right. I can't have a repeat yeah. visit, doesn't matter. So to me, I like to think about what is the guest engagement platform for which is going to be what I call my highest calling. So that could be a CRM or a CDP, or it could be a loyalty system. But like, what is the way in which you are going to manage the information that your guests give you through their purchase behavior? Yeah. Because ultimately you need to be analyzing that and making decisions on that. So if your average order is 25 bucks an order and you want to get yeah. to 27, if you don't even know that it's 25, Right. And you don't know who is spending above and below that. You can't figure out what to do with it. So, you know, if the question asking me, Rev, what's the most important piece of tech that somebody could buy? Yeah, I would say whatever is the tool that's going to manage your guest analysis, segmentation and or interactions. That would probably be a CD, CDP, CRM or a loyalty yeah. system. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. And, and, you know, following you on LinkedIn and, and social media, you obviously do your market research and you get out and about, and we'll, we'll dive into that in a little bit. But talk to me about maybe the most creative way or unconventional way you've seen people use technology to accomplish the goal that you just spoke of. I'm just curious. Uh, I don't know if this is unconventional, but it's certainly creative. I have a couple of clients and I've seen a couple other restaurants do this. That They're like, they're independent operators. So they don't have sophisticated enterprise, you know, style tech stacks, and they certainly don't have the budget for it, but they're trying to like emulate what it would be like to operate as like a Houston's or a Chili's or a Taco Bell. Like they're trying to like take something that those brands would do and do it at an independent level. And one of the really cool moves I've seen a couple of, of restaurants doing, so, certainly some of my clients are doing it, is we have a tool that analyzes frequency and average order value. So we know when a guest comes in and we know what they've spent. Yeah. Okay, and then it builds them in a segment. And what we've done, again, this is this is a tool we spend like 200 bucks a month on, it's nothing. Right. Um, basically, we create a threshold. So 
Okay, once you've had your fourth visit in a year or six months, whatever the frequency is, it pops them into a segment and then it automates an email back to that person that says, hey, thanks for coming to see us four times in the last half a year. Right. Here's, a, here's a voucher for the next 30 days. Every single time you come to us, you get X discount. Just show this. That's and we don't, need to put, we don't need to put a code into you know, redemption. They don't need to do it online. They do nothing. Because it's also, it's an on-premise scenario. It's not an online delivery right. type place. But the whole point is like, now we're able to surprise and delight our customers in a completely 100% automated way on a really, really like low technical lift. You know, yeah. and the same thing we've also done at the same time we said, okay, to this tool, like, hey, look at all of our guest data. And anytime somebody hits $500 in total spending, send them an email that says, hey, you, hey, big spender, uh, on your next visit in the next 30 days, an entire chef's tasting is on us if you bring three friends. Just show this email. That's awesome. Yeah. And, that's, you know, that's... we have we haven't had a ton of people hit into those categories. But the ones that have and then come in are like, this is amazing. And, right. you know, you'd be like, oh, that's so big brotherish. And I'm like, mm, yeah, but, you know, people kind of know that, like, Facebook's tracking you and Amazon's tracking you and Apple's tracking you. So, like, right. so I give you a free chef's tasting for a restaurant you really love. Are you going to be upset? No. Right. People love it. So yeah. I don't know that that's unconventional, but it's certainly creative. And, again, <clears throat> low lift effort, low lift budget, high return. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in, in our world, you know, we're deploying kitchen display systems, uh, POSs, uh, everything, pen pads, and, you know, we're agnostic. So we, we work with everybody and everything. And we, we get brought into these conversations uh, around the POS, around the KDS, and even on some of the drive-through technology, there's ways to, to glamify some of the drive-through stuff with the digital marketing and everything. But as far as the POS and the KDS and, and pen pads, there's nothing sexy about it. And when you're working with a corporation or a, a franchisee, the franchisee is like, go to hell. I'm not spending, you know, for a new point of sales and they'll ride. I mean, we've seen point of sales that we've replaced recently that have, I mean, legacy units from the nineties. And you're like, how the hell are you still running this? But uh, <laughs> so when you, when you get brought into those kind of conversations, what's the dynamic of those conversations for you? Uh, when somebody's using a legacy POS? Yeah. Or I mean, what, what kind of conversations do you have in your consulting role? People are start to evaluate. So my, this is how, this is my method as a consultant. You are the client. It's your money. I will, I will do what you ask. Yeah. However, I'm also going to tell you what I think you should do. And if you don't like it, I'll still do what you want me to do. Right. So usually like if I have a client calls me and says, okay, we're, you know, we're thinking about doing changing POS or whatever, what are your thoughts? And I'm like, okay, well, here's my evaluation system. You know, what's more important, that whole thing. And then what's your service? Like I'd walk through all those steps. I'd be like, okay, this is what I would do. And then once I had it, here's how I would operate it. And if they come back, and I also tell them too, look, if you don't like my opinion, it's okay. I'm right. here to service you. So I will serve you how you want to be served. And if you just like to hear my opinion and still do what you want, we can do that too. But yeah. you know, I usually don't stand opposed to, to a client. Right. It's, yeah. it's usually not good for a consultant, but sure. And I know, I mean, the, the world's changed. I mean, in warp speed the past year and a half, two years, but as people start to evaluate point of sales, kitchen displays and everything, are you seeing it? I mean, obviously you just, people are just upgrading because it's time to upgrade, you know, these legacy systems need to be uh, thrown in the dumpster, but do you, do you see it's, is it principally, you know, functionality on the backside of things or is it uh, usability by the team members that is, is a higher priority for people that are making these decisions? It's a great question. And, and the true answer is probably depends on solution by solution basis. 
Yeah. But I would typically lean towards to how does it make my staff's job easier? I'll yep. give you a very simple example. We, we have a KDS issue at my restaurant. Okay. When, when my, when my chef or my team clears the, the order, meaning we're, you know, we've prepped it, we've bagged it, it's ready to go. Right. Right. The way the KDS is set up is it sends a text to our guest that says your order's ready. So now our guest is like, yeah, give me those burgers. But right. like, we still have to like retrieve the bag and put in the ketchup and grab the drink and like walk it out to the dining room. And there's, you know, depending on time, that could be a three minute lag or a 10 minute lag. Right. But the guest expectation is, yo, it's time to shove that burger <laughs> down my jaw hole. And so we, we will get complaints of like, everything was amazing. It's if I had to wait extra five minutes for my burger. And I'm like, right. man, you are impatient. But we set right. that expectation by sending that text message. And I don't have a way to change the, a delay in the text. Like, so that's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but again, yeah. so that like solving the KDS problem there would solve an issue for my, my uh, employees because sure. they have less angry guests. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, and that's all, it's all, uh, it all circular and, you know, it kind of goes around and if the employees are, you know, delivering great products and, you know, they're feeling good about the pace of play. They're not getting yelled at by someone that's impatient or disgruntled. It just improves everything functionality wise. So, you know, there's two different perspectives is, and the, the common perspective I think is we had this huge labor shortage and no one's hit harder than the, the restaurant industry, but everyone's like, Oh, technology is taking jobs away or whatever. But I think your perspective, just talking to you and most people uh, that have a kind of a more holistic view of it is like, Hey, we want to use technology to supplement our staff to make their processes better. So in, in a grand scheme of things, what do you think uh, is the best approach to using technology to approach, you know, labor challenges? Well, well, that's a couple of multi-pronged question there that yeah. we'll put together. But, uh, you know, look, I think it look, I think people need to, let's go 10,000 feet high. I think people need to change their perspective when they're evaluating tech, okay? Because it's interesting to me that like, you wouldn't open a pizzeria without an oven, right? You, you, you wouldn't open a pizzeria without a front door. Like right. how did a front door and a pizzeria oven become standards? And I don't mean that to sound stupid, but like, to me, there are certain pieces of technology that should be standard, right? Like, like why, why have we not adopted more standards and like, hey, you can't operate without these things. We're probably getting there but that's where I would approach it. And I, you know, I think a lot of operators have a skeptical approach when they're evaluating something. What's going to go wrong? What, right. how is this going to, how is this going to fail? Like, what are the reasons I don't need this? Okay, dude, calm down. It's an evaluation. You've bought nothing. Okay. Right. The, the perspective should be what possibilities exist if we do this? Yeah. What increase could happen to our service model, our system, or our, our revenue if we brought this in? And then I think you would put yourself in the right mindset to evaluate. Yeah. If the answers to those questions are, well, not much, then okay, then you don't need it. But if you look at that solution and go, actually, you know, if we did do that, we could accomplish A, B, and C with, you know, X, Y, Z results, then you then get into a real evaluation. But you have to start with being curious. Could yeah. this work and what could be the result? Even if, right. even if you think you don't need it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we always have kind of a philosophy here internally as we're talking to people and new, you know, I call them friends, but partners and, and try to figure out, you know, what people's pain points are and challenges. And we don't ever, I don't think no is necessarily a bad starting point when someone says no to something. 
Um, and a, a quick yes is also a, a, the same person that's also going to say, this is shit and pull it out of the restaurant right away. And so when someone says no, then you ask them their reasons why, and then you know how to help them walk through that process and get to more of a, you know, a championing technology, the process of whatever happens to be. So, I mean, that kind of, that really resonates with me is making sure that, you know, let's field trial this, let's test this kind of thing and see how it fun. And, you know, every technology, you know, there's a million kind of POSs out there and one POS, it's great for, you know, a fine dining restaurant. It's not the best one for a quick service restaurant or a burger joint. So that's uh, that's really insightful for sure. Um, so, you, so you're a man of the world and you, you travel all the time. So we're going to pivot here a little bit. Uh, you're out and about, uh, you know, checking out all kinds of restaurants, trade shows and everything. I guess as far as you, you're doing your field research and, you know, providing the best insight for your partners and your clients, where do you get the most knowledge from? Is it out checking out other restaurants or is it uh, at trade shows or combination of the two? And that is also, first of all, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. Um, where do I get my best information? Man, you know, it's really not one source. You know, I think it's wa- it's wanting to be plugged into more information. Yeah. And when you, when you have that internally, you're like, hey, I'm always trying to learn best practices. I'm always trying to understand how people who are more successful than me do it. When that's your mindset, you just find it everywhere, you know, but like to give you a very tactical answer, for sure, trade shows like at FS Tech. I walked into that trade show knowing that like loyalty is probably the most important retention tool right now and that robots are going to fill our kitchens. Like I knew that walking in the door, but it was it was interesting to me to sit in a room for two days and hear about how other people are thinking about this, because even though I already believed it, it helped advance the ball in the way I thought about it. And so for sure, trade shows, well put together trade shows are a good source of information. Yeah. But then also like, I don't know, I'm sure you do this as well. I ask lots of questions. So when somebody does something right, or when somebody approaches me and says, Hey, we have this revolutionary new product. I go, okay, tell me about it. Like, or how did you accomplish that thing? Or what is it that Kuzi does? Like, why do I need to know? Like, I'd rather know, like, I'd rather have the knowledge. Yep. And so for me, it's, it's definitely asking questions of my peers. It's definitely a, a, attending trade shows. And those are probably the top two sources. And then, you know, look, if you're in this business and you don't dine out at other places, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> go, go eat in other places and, and remember what it's like to be a guest. So, yeah. So from the technology perspective, the OEMs and people that are making this new great technology and, and projecting us forward, um, you've been around um, – the world you've seen a lot you're you very and in, in to know the restaurant space but you also know what it's like to have uh things fall short with your previous restaurant experiences and everything what would be one piece of advice as a, a new technologist in the restaurant space you would give somebody that you said hey if you're going to do one thing this is something you make sure you do to make sure you're getting the most exposure um or create the best product what, what would your advice be for somebody that's trying to introduce a new technology i'm, I'm going to give a strategy and then a tactic so yeah. strat- strategy is if we use or adopt this hardware or software, how does it make it easier or better for my guest or my employee? Like yeah. use that as a, a really top level criteria or even the final criteria. If it sounds good on paper and price right, blah, blah, then the last question is, is does this truly make it better for my guest or truly better for my employee? So I think that's a, stra- a strategic way of thinking about it, but a much yeah. more tactical way is, you got to get a tool that measures your guest data. You have to have a tool that gives you insights about your guest habits, 
Like you need to know how many reservations is this person making? What is the average spend of this family when they walk through the door? What is the frequency that this, like you have to have that information because there is no way to fuel the sales of a business by, you know, putting pictures on Instagram. Like, yes, we all do it and it is important, but like how important is Instagram? You know, I would tell Popeye's fried chicken. I love Popeye's. They have great content, but if Popeye's, and I'm sure they've done this and I'm not picking on them, but if Popeye's hasn't gone into their analytics to see how much traffic Instagram drives to their website, I would ask them, why are they prioritizing such great content? You see what I'm saying? Like, like you, you need to be able to measure your guest habits in an insightful way that informs better guest experiences moving forward, whether it's pricing, r- reservations, uh, loyalty, you know, guest communication, whatever that is. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. So, so tell me about uh, some of the crazy things, you, you know, you've seen at trade shows. I know last week at FS Tech, we saw puppies. We saw someone put a sign that said, I paid $14,000 for this booth, uh, which I thought was, we were catty corner from our booth. Um, and I was like, this is, uh, that's brash if anything, but I, I appreciated that. So tell me about the, the craziest tactic you've seen for OEMs to get restaurant people's attention. Well, I don't know if you know this, but the puppies were in part my idea. So That's amazing. That's, I mean, it was genius. I, I loved it. So people were like beelining like right around noon. I was like, what the hell is going on over there? And they're like, they got puppies. And I was like, it's great. Yeah. So that, so, so that, that provider, um, they're a client of mine, full reveal. But we had a, yeah. we had a, we had a conversation like two months before FS Tech. And we're like, look, this is really important. We know our ICP is there. We're going to spend X. How do we make the most out of being there? And, you know, we like, okay, let's have tchotchkes. Let's make sure we have a banner. Let's hand out, you know, like we do all the standard stuff. It was like, okay, right. how do we drive top of funnel? Like, how do we get people here? How do we yeah. in- invoke word of mouth? This is, this is exactly what we did and what everybody should do. Everybody that was involved in, in that event got on one phone call because we don't all work in the same office. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. We got on one phone call and it was like, okay, 45 minute brainstorm. No idea is a bad idea. Write everything down. And so we just started riffing ideas and some of them were really stupid. Like let's order pizza. I guess it's not that stupid, but some of them were really simple and easy, like order pizza. And there were things that were way more complicated than the puppies, but here, here's where that one came from. So that, that company is a uh, QR code solution for payments. Yeah. Right. And ultimately we were like, how do we get people to use the technology? Well, I said, well, you know, what if we have the QR code and they can use it to make a donation to a charity? Oh, that's a pretty good idea. But if people are really interested in making a charity as they're walking around, like, well, no. Okay, well, how do we get them interested in making a charity? I said, well, what if it's a charity everybody cared about? And then another idea on the list was like, what if we have a petting zoo? And I was like, oh, <laughs> why, don't we find a, why don't we find a local shelter and we'll bring in puppies and then people can pet the puppy. And then after you you like cuddle with this puppy for a minute or two, you're like, all right, I'll give 20 bucks. And then now you're right. using their technology. And so literally it was like, do the brainstorm. Like if you're going to spend that much money on anything, it's amazing. on LinkedIn ads, yeah. on a trade show, on whatever, buying a billboard, like have the brainstorm, put the most creative and interested people in a room and be like, okay, no idea is a bad idea. Put it on the board. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the response was, it was amazing. And even at the happy hour that night, everyone's like, did you guys see the puppies? Did you see the puppies? And it was, <laughs> I mean, it was gangbusters for sure. So, I mean, I, I thought it was, it was brilliant. Um, okay, now I, I just I, I, I got a I, I got a hack for this. Yeah. If you don't have time for the meeting, 
just make sure you have bottles of water. Yeah. <laughs> you know who's thirsty <laughs> at a trade show? Everybody. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's genius. Um, so tell me a little bit. So you're, you're, uh, notorious for your, your food endeavors and eating everything. And I want to dive into the, the pizza challenge you've got going on right now, but some of the other things that you've eaten and, and kind of, uh, what, uh, they're... <laughs> that's amazing. Legit. I did not finish my pizza lunch. So good call. There you go. That is, that is incredible. But yeah, tell me a little bit, like where, where does this all stem from and, uh, how are you not being wheeled around in a wheelbarrow, but eating all the crazy stuff you do? <laughs> Uh, you know, before, thank you, before I was ever in this business, I, I've always been like a marketer and a content creator. Uh, and when I was in the music business, I used to, my side hustle was like writing re CD reviews, that's how old I am, and writing reviews of shows. <laughs> and then when I got into, when I got into the food business, I was like, or, or sorry, one day I wanted to stop writing about music, but I still wanted to like create content. So instead of writing CD reviews, I started writing hamburger reviews. I started a burger blog. Uh, and that burger blog blew up and it, be, it became one of the top three burger blogs in the world. And, and you can laugh all you want. That is a thing. Um, That's amazing. And that, 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 that predated Instagram, predated TikTok, all that kind of stuff. So as like Instagram and TikTok and food blogging became like more of a regular part of everyday life, I switched to social media channels. And now, you know, across seven or eight social media channels that I'm managing, I probably have 700,000 followers. So, oh, my God. Yeah. And so, you know, like I always say, the content monster is always hungry. So yeah. I know that like great looking food gets engagement. So I'm always trying to like, how do I continue to get engagement? Right. But also like I'm a paid marketing consultant for restaurants. So if I don't know how to get engagement on TikTok. I certainly shouldn't be advising you how to do it. Right. right. So, so like right now I, it's national pizza month. So I said, okay, then I will share one pizza place every day for 31 days. And so Amazing. now I gotta go. Now I gotta go. Now I gotta go walk the walk. You know what I mean? I gotta. I yeah. gotta eat one piece of pizza. Uh, do you, do you but, have you know, your uh, pizza about... place for Indianapolis picked out yet? Sorry. Yes, I do actually. Yeah, uh, we're um, going. We're going to Futuro. Okay, yeah, I've heard good things about that. So, um, no, that that's exciting for sure. Uh, so as as you talk but, about the social yeah, media yeah, channels, I'm just I'm just yeah, just trying to be engaging. You know, trying to put good content out there. Yeah, no, you certainly do that. What do you think as a restaurateur, what, what do you think is the most effective social media vertical, whether it's Instagram or what, what do you think has the most traction or you see the most success with? From a social media perspective? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to answer this in probably a different way than most people would expect. So the answer is Instagram. Okay. And here's why. Most brands think of Instagram, even social media in general, Facebook, you know, Instagram, maybe even Twitter, as a way to acquire new guests. If I put great content on Instagram, new people will walk through the door. Well, most people don't follow a brand on Instagram unless they've either dined there already or intend to dine there. Okay. Yeah. Which means that followers are actually what we would call guests, right? So the yeah. things that you put on social media should be speaking to your guests. Instagram is a retention tool, not an acquisition tool. Okay. Meta yeah. advertising yeah. is an acquisition tool, but organic social media is a retention tool. Okay. And so I think it's important. So to answer the question, why Instagram? I think it is fairly commonplace now that if Ryan were to call Rev and go, dude, sick new taco shop, you got to check it out. 
okay? I'm either and or going to go to Google or Yelp or Instagram to look at it, okay? I found out about it from a trusted resource or maybe I walked by or I saw, right. I found out about it some other way and then I went somewhere else to validate what I think or was told. So it's important in that regard that Instagram has, like if you look at your top nine or 15, if, if I get 30 seconds to check you out on Instagram, make sure that top nine or 15 tells the full story of what the experience is like to be there because that's a conversion moment. Right. If I go, if, yeah. if you go, yo, you got to check out this dope taco shop and I pull it up on Instagram and that like the pictures are sick. The food looks amazing. The place looks great. People are having a great time. Maybe there's a cool offer or whatever. I'm like, I need this. Right. It, it yeah. confirms the action. So I think, I think that Instagram is the tool as long as you understand where in the customer journey it lives. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it's so clean and, and to the point too, which I love. And then you have the customers uh, indirectly endorsing it. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, well, Rev, this has been great. Uh, as you, you did not disappoint, uh, your energy level is, you. is right where we expected it to be. Uh, excited to hopefully see you this week in Indianapolis. <laughs> I'm still try I'm trying to coordinate getting over there um, and I'm hoping to do that, but I'll definitely reach out. Um, but look forward to, to seeing you here in Cross and Pass again soon and keep doing what you're doing because it's a ton of fun to watch and uh, you're doing a great job. I appreciate that. Thank you for allowing me to share today. And for everybody that listened in, if you have any questions, I'm Rev Ciencio on every social media platform. I answer all my messages. So God bless. Awesome. All right. Thank you. See you. Thank you.